Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2Learning.com, one of the greatest communities, communities of educators around. I hope you definitely check out EMC2Learning.com. It is such a great place filled with such great educators like the ones here on this podcast. I definitely hear lots of you using our activities, doing our things. Some of you even big, big, big gamifiers. I absolutely love that. Don't have to be. This particular episode is talking about items and power-ups. I'm calling it part one because uh, I, I love this topic. I could talk about this topic all day long, and I know many of you can. In fact, this is a bit of a shout-out to you guys. I'd love to hear some of your... I'd love to do an, an items and power-ups sort of playthrough, if you will, uh, on EMC2. And I'd love to have some of you members be part of that. Uh, so be on the lookout. I'm going to be DMing some of you and seeing if you're willing to join in the fun but on to today's topic uh before we get to the today's topic just remember you can always use the hashtag well played podcast and tag me at mr matera and i would love to have some thoughts from you on items and power-ups things you like things you, you use in your class maybe how this has pushed you to try to do it all right with that said let's dive right in so items and power-ups i absolutely love in my game love 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 so fun to make so fun to give out so fun to have students use it is just a fun interactive element uh and something that my students super have enjoyed and it makes i'm gonna use the word intriguing it makes class intriguing because it kind of turns it on its head a little bit all of a sudden kids have some power kids can do something and there's also create creative things that they can kind of do together your items can truly be any like i don't know element right your your items and power-ups could be something that works with groups something that works with uh, whole classes something that works individually something that works together like combos uh, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself and I know I'm getting ahead of myself and I, I am sorry about that. I just, I geek out about this stuff for sure. So let's start slow. You guys, if you're thinking about adding items and power-ups to your overall class experience, one, it helps if you're gamified and you've chosen a theme because then that's that's setting a context. For me, I do Realm of Nobles, so all my items and badges and these kind of things exist in that world, right? So they're not getting a lightsaber in my class, but in Jamie Halsey's, who does more of a Star Wars theme, they sure are getting that uh, type of reward or activity or power-up. And in my class they're getting things that are very different than that. But I want you to start with that theme. After starting with that theme, then flow from there with small items. And truly, the kids love items. So it's it's intriguing. So, you know, the tendency to go straight to the big, you know, this can destroy an entire thing. This can, like, win the game. You Your mind immediately drifts towards the super powerful but actually challenge yourself to drift to the super small. They get an extra minute on an activity. They get 
you know, if I don't know, you'd have to think through your classes. What are some of the things that happen in your class? So for me, I do a lot of building challenges where they have to build with copla blocks. These are like laser cut, uh, you know, even wooden blocks. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so if I know the activity, if I know I'm going to do that probably once a unit or every other unit. So there's six to six to 10 times they're going to be using copper blocks in my class. I could come up with an, uh, a power up around that because it's going to be useful six to 10 times. Maybe my power up is as simple as you earn XP if you do really well. And I, you can leave it that vague if you do really well in a copper block build challenge. You can make it even more vague in a build challenge. That would be Copla or Lego for me. Uh, <clears throat> you can make it one-time use. You can use it, make it multi-use, right? Uh, I put little lightning bolts on the bottom of mine, and the lightning bolts, if there are some, that's how many uses they get. So if it's one lightning bolt, it's one-time use. If there's four lightning bolts, four use. If there's no lightning bolts, it's some version of unlimited. Maybe if you read the text, it says you got to roll a die to see if you keep it, but or it's just straight up unlimited. All my items can only be played once a day, so the unlimited can't continue to just say, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Those simple rules can't play more than once a day, uh, and the lightning bolts sort of setting the use make that run so smooth. And actually, it offloads the cognitive load off of you and onto the student. The student now is thinking about the items, and it's their items to play. You don't, it doesn't matter if they do a great job playing them or not because that's not your role. You're not you're not trying to teach them about the items and power-ups. All right, some general tips as this is our first one. I didn't want to get into specific items or things I do. Uh, those, those are down the road a little bit. But what I wanted you to do to think about is starting small. And then I want to talk about these a few other points. Interact. So have the the items interact with each other. So you're talking combos there, but then I also want you to interact with the students. So I have plenty of items that require some sort of dice roll. I love that because I have to witness the die roll and it creates a a bond, a moment, a memory, and it could be a bad memory. Like, shoot, I didn't defeat the monster. I didn't defeat the boss. I didn't get the extra time on the, on the activity. I did, you know, like whatever, but it also creates that epic moment too, where like I did get the extra time and we won the round because of the extra time. We got the extra point because of the item I played, right? And there's that moment, that fate, you're adding risk. So that's my next sort of bullet point. I want you to add interaction and risk to your game. Uh, then once you've added this element of risk, you can add protection. So for example, die roll, you could, but the moment you build a single item that requires a die roll, you now immediately can add an item that adds protection as in you could reroll the die or you could do the risk, the game risk where you roll two dice or three dice and you're not adding them up. It's just giving you more chances to get the numbers you want. So now play, build an item that allows you to roll three dice anytime you need to roll a die and maybe make that a one-time use. Maybe make that a two-time use. So then it's like, when do I play this? When, when is there a die roll I care enough about that I want to commit three dice to? Like, oh man, that in and of itself, that goes back to that. It's intriguing, right? 
it makes class intriguing. Then you start to wonder what combos. Man, I only have three items, but Mr. Matera over there has over 100 items. What other, like how could these interact with those? Whoa. So you add risk, add protection. Really what it comes down to, I think, if I was to sum up this podcast, at least for this early item development podcast sort of series, I want you to think about the idea of making a rule to break a rule. That's that risk to protection. Make a rule, break a rule. I also want you to think about what pillars are there in your class that you could build items around, right? So think about this. There's like a pillar. I told you the couple of blocks is something I use or build challenges I use. Maybe you have quizzes. Maybe you're a math teacher and you give a quiz every week to see if they're on track. Well, that's a pillar. Now there could be an item they play around the quiz. Uh, do you do a unit test? Do you, do you, are you all project based? Like what are the pillars in your class that happen over and over and over again that you might be able to build items around? Other general tips that I gave you is start small. Think about small gamification. Think about small things. Also think about uh, things they understand. So my most of my items are game-based items. So that means they're interacting with my game. They're earning experience points. They're getting extra time, not on a test, but on like some build challenge. And winning the build challenge might get them some more points or a badge or another item. So like... Those are all like non, I don't know, they they're, they hold no market value. Let's say that. They're not winning candy. They're not winning a new pencil. They're not also winning any sort of grade points in my game. So most of my items revolve around that. However, to start the game, to sort of start them understanding some of the power-ups, I definitely would make things that have some sort of real life value like maybe it's go back to their locker maybe you have that item maybe you have that they can turn maybe they a late assignment right or whatever you can you can do that or a for me uh i have all sorts of side quests and they can only do a side quest once because i want them to think through and do the best they can well by having that limitation right make a rule to break a rule. So I made a rule. You can only do a side quest once because I want you to do the best you can the first time. But then I have some kids that absolutely love certain side quests and they literally want to do another one, not because they failed the other one. They just loved that quest. I want to do it twice. And instead of just saying, sure, do quests as many times as you want, make that something they earn, make an item that breaks the rule. Hey, if you have this item, you can do a quest again. Do you, is that a one-time use item? Maybe it's a one-time use per unit item. You know, once once a month, whatever. If And if you're like wondering like, well, how do I keep track of once a month? That seems crazy. Simple, guys. Print out the items, right? You're going to cut them out. Shh, they're physical. They actually have them. They're like, Mr. Patero, I want to play this. And on the front side, it's beautiful. It looks great. There's a picture. There's the text. It's all medieval. And on the back side, I wrote the word October can't play it in October because you've already played it in October. So hopefully this kid's coming to me in November because then they can play it. 
right? Super simple to track that, super simple to use that. Even if he trades it to somebody else, I don't have to keep track well. Like Billy used it, but now that it's Bobby's, can Bobby use it again in October? No, he cannot because it's got the word October on the back. Super simple, clean design. Right now, just in the spirit of this sort of series, I want you thinking small. I want you add risk, add protection, make a rule, break a rule. These are the things I want you thinking about. And I think you guys have this. You can do this. I encourage you to do this. If you're thinking about what item templates could look like, EMC2 has, I don't know, 25 different uh, item templates that range from sort of space to castaway to castle to just you name it. There is so much on there. Definitely, definitely come join EMC2 with our 500-some resources that we now have. We want you. We want to help change education with you. Make each class intriguing. All right, everybody. Have a great day and play on. <laughs>